The show starts in one minute. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to episode 64 of Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends at the Long Box Crusade. We are here in jolly old England in our recording studio set up at 221B Baker Street. Still don't know why they give us like a national monument recognition place to do our podcasting in, but hey, we don't ask questions. I'm your host, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, and joining me as always is the Watson to my Sherlock. It is Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. How are we feeling Today, Dr. Christatos. Dr. Christatos isn't here, Jared. It's me, Sledgely. I got a beard on now. You can't tell? <sighs> Sledgely. It's Sledgely. I'm Sledgely with the oh, beard. That's so two episodes ago. <laughs> Although he did rock a beard in this episode. <laughs> and no one fell for it again. Again. <laughs> uh, Definitely, I'm anybody. certain we'll be talking about that. I can't dupe anybody. Nope, not at all. Also joining me is the Mycroft to my Sherlock. He's my older, wiser brother. It's Jason, the Weasel Skull, Albrick. And how are you today, Jason? I'm doing well, Jared. I apologize to everybody for getting here at the last minute, but it takes a lot for me to prepare for the show these days. You know, I'm a Marlboro man, got my Marlboro country. I got to smoke two Marlboros. I got to eat two pieces of sunbeam bread. And then I got to drink my glass of Ovaltine. So here we are. I'm ready to go. I was I was so hoping you'd get sunbeam. You got sunbeam in there, right? I was sunbeam, hoping you, yeah, I was two hoping slices of sunbeam, man. I got keep the Scotty's yet. tissues, um, <laughs> Legos. I keep my Ovaltine cold in the refrigerator. Right, the refrigerator, on the refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> right. But you notice I'm smooth shave because I use that. Uh huh. Driving around in your mm-hmm. was it a Caddy? Was it a Cadillac commercial? I can't I remember. Don't we had remember. A car, <laughs> car was baller though. Whatever it was, it was. <laughs> It's 2.3 miles per gallon, but I would drive it anywhere. <laughs> oh, well done. Well done, Jason. And of course, we have with us our favorite constable. It is Delvin the Dark Web Wilkins. How do you do, Bobby Wilkins? I'm good. Thank you for asking. And there's this new band I've been listening to that I hope everyone uh, would enjoy uh, Teeth LC. You know, you've got T Boss Teeth, and you've got Chili Teeth, and you've got Left Eye Teeth. Uh, very enjoyable band that I've been with. <laughs> Don't go chasing now, the thing, like, Part of me thinks Delvin's been cooking that joke for like four days. But then the other part of me is like, Delvin doesn't watch the episodes until like right before we record. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a few hours. <laughs> I watched it a few hours ago and I was like, I need to get home. Oh. <laughs> Left eye. <laughs> I, as soon as, yeah. All right, I, I got you. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I, I hate to do this, but we all missed Pat's brilliant "Don't go chasing water picks" joke. That was no, funny. he didn't. No, I, no, no, I, I heard, heard it. Very funny. Pat, that was it. funny. That was funny, Pat. Thank, Don't let I it appreciate that. Yeah, that joke, Thank you. That joke Thank was you. total scrub. And you know what? We don't want. Uh, <laughs> I don't want any. All right, I'll tell you what. Gotta Pat, watch out. Yeah, we gotta watch out, Jared. This joke's starting to creep. <laughs> Let's keep it on the down low. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're doing this on purpose. All right. <sighs> now that we've got that on our system, let's welcome our guest. Our guest for this episode is Mr. Tim Price from The Outcasters. It's a Batman and The Outsiders podcast. And as Tim knows, I just read the first uh, volume of the showcase of that. 
Yes, you yeah. did. In yes, fact, let's did. just do an Outsiders uh, episode right now, Tim. Uh, yeah, so let's do that. What did you think first, of that, of that first volume? First 15 issues. <laughs> Batman and the Outsiders. Surprisingly good, by the way. But we won't get into that. We won't get into that. Oh, we won't? Oh. We're going to talk. We're going to okay. talk Sherlock Holmes, right. Tim. Oh, yes. That, good. That's that thing. <laughs> that's that the thing. I totally watched before I came here today uh, because, you know, it was a thing to watch. Yes. That I did. Good. <laughs> Confidence is low, but all right, Tim, I have two questions for you. What is your first memory of Sherlock Holmes? Like, how did you discover Sherlock Holmes as best as you can recall? And the follow-up question is going to be, what's your favorite iteration of Sherlock Holmes? So memory, iteration, go. All right. My first memory of Sherlock Holmes is, unsurprisingly for me, an illustrated novel of sorts. Mm. Because when I was a kid, we actually had uh, these collections of like very thin paperback books that were adaptations of the novel stories. And this one had like the speckled band, the case of the speckled band. It might've had a second book in it, story in it too, but I can't remember because it was a long time ago. So I last read it. And it's like, you know, just slightly larger than a paperback novel size, but you know, thin, thin and just illustrated. Okay. And I remember reading that thing to death. I mean, we had that. We also had like Frankenstein and Dracula stories as well in that same format. I'm pretty sure that was my first exposure to Sherlock Holmes and just loved it because, nice. you know, he was pretty kick. I'm sorry, but he, he was pretty kick ass in that story. Oh, favorite. Oh, that is tough. Mm. I really did enjoy the recent BBC Sh- Sherlock series. That was pretty great. And I probably watched uh, some older Sherlock Holmes movies on reruns on like, you know, WGN as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and they probably would have been uh, the Basil Rathbone era, probably some things like that. So those were probably pretty great, but I think I will stick with Cucumber Batch, his version. That was pretty mm, great. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, very cool. So now we've got a flavor for Tim's likes and his history with the homes. Those, uh, those, you know, magazine style illustrated books sound really cool to me. Really, really cool. Uh, but with that all done, Pat, people are probably wondering what the show's about. Why nobody liked your water picks joke? Mm-hmm. But you know what? We'll let that second one. We'll, like sec- we'll keep the second one on the down low. I'm, and- I'm wondering what the show is about. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about what the show is about. Well, Tim, I am glad you asked. Saturday Matinee Theater is a retro review, sometimes index show, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade, where we'll be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television, movie serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and kind of forgotten, We're going to dig it up. On this episode, we will continue our indexing of all 39 episodes of the 1954 television series, Sherlock Holmes. 1954's Sherlock Holmes was produced by Sheldon Reynolds. It starred Ron Howard as Sherlock Holmes and H. Marion Crawford as Dr. Watson. So take off your deerstalker cap, light your pipe, get cozy by that fireplace, and let the soothing violin music of Mr. Sherlock Holmes whisk you away into the past. But don't forget, a fish a day keeps the tooth doctor away. Oh, man. Not a lot of time left with that violin music, but we'll talk about that. Before we hand it over to Delvin for this episode's info, let's take a look, or in this case, a listen to a commercial that would have been playing at the same time this episode was released back in 1955. This will help get us into a right time frame of mind, if you will, transport us back to the 50s. 
For this episode's commercial retro rewind, we have Ovaltine. Captain Midnight from headquarters. Attention, members of the Secret Squadron. This is important. Keep yourself in top condition. Remember, to do your best, you've got to be at your best. Because someday you may be called upon to pilot a jet plane across the continent, even to take the wheel and bring a great ship safely into port, to drive an ambulance to disaster areas. And when the time comes, you've got to be ready for it. That's why I want all Secret Squadron members to drink Ovaltine every day, as I do. Yes, chocolate-flavored Ovaltine, either hot or cold, because Ovaltine helps give you the nourishment you need for strength and staying power. When you add Ovaltine to milk, just look at the extra food value you get. It's good, and it does you good. So remember, that's the Secret Squadron way. We drink Ovaltine every day. Chocolate-flavored Ovaltine. All right, all right. Ovaltine commercial. What did you guys think about the Ovaltine commercial? We will start with our guest, Mr. Tim Price. I felt very wholesome and fortified and nutriented by the commercial. <laughs> then it's working. <laughs> it was the it was definitely the secret squadron right. That was so earnest of a commercial. You have you had to love it. You had to love it. He was just so this is the American way, Billy. <laughs> I just love it. And the scenes of the kids driving the vehicles, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what you drink Ovaltine for. And it's like, if I was a kid and I saw that, it's like, heck yeah, I want to drive a plane. Heck yeah. <laughs> Give me some Ovaltine, dad, now. So yeah, that commercial just rocked. It was so fun. Awesome. This uh, now goes to the weasel skull. Was it just me or did the progression of kids and the cool things they were doing get progressively worse i mean they really started off like the kids flying the fighter jet like where are you gonna go from there then the other kids like well i got a sailboat and the other kids like i'm driving these dead people in the ambulance <laughs> you know <laughs> so i'm i just want to say that if i'm a kid growing up and i'm and i'm gonna drink that ovaltine i want to make it really clear up front i don't want the ambulance job i'll settle for the boat captain but I want to fly that jet airplane. We, we did kind of go from Iron Eagle to Dead Calm to bringing out the dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the kid in the boat didn't even get like a cool boat, like a like a Navy <laughs> ship. He got like he got like his dad's, you know, little uh, schooner. You know, I I don't know. At any rate, do they still make Ovaltine? I was I just think thinking about that today. I was just thinking, like, do they make Ovaltine? I'll tell you what. I'll do the due sure. diligence. I'll look it up whilst uh, we go to Delvin. See, I thought kind of the opposite of, of Tim because I was like, Ovaltine don't do all that. I don't, I don't like, <laughs> kid can't get in a fighter plane just because he drank some Ovaltine. What, what is going on here? This is shenanigans. You know, like I remember as a kid, you know. Are you impugning the power of Ovaltine? I am. Yeah, I, I am. I, I, I am very much disputing it. I'm oh. just saying as a kid, you know, I got on my knees and I did prayers that I would be a fighter pilot and all the praying just don't seem to be helping at all. Yep, that was a TLC setup. So <laughs> you can pass it. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh. You can pass it on to Pat. <laughs> uh, before we pass it to Pat, I've done my job. Ovaltine stopped production in 2002. So oh. I would pour one out for my homies, but yep. 
got it's nothing to mix 20 it. 20 years and I got nothing to play Gameport out because it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> anyway, Pat, now with that sad note, I'm going to have to ask you to bring us back up. What did you think of that commercial? What I thought was really interesting, besides what everybody else has said, and I loved it. I loved the scenes of the kids are just smiling and they're, and the kid in the ambulance. Then that scene that whatever goes around just starts speeding up. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll we'll get you messed up, son. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really cool. Uh, but I like the Captain Midnight, or the guy that played him. You know, I, I don't know what that is, but I want to learn more about what kind of show. Was this <laughs> well, a show? Pat, I'm glad you asked. Oh. Captain Midnight was a famous radio show personality. The show started mm-hmm. in 1938, and it ran for 11 years into 1949. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a, a radio show personality. Oh, very, again, you know, I figured it was some something like that where it was – you know, the radio show, because the guy had that voice, hey, this is Captain Midnight, and I'm calling. <laughs> he was the coolest. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, I'll memorize already. All right, Captain Midnight, whatever you say, I'm all down for drinking the Ovaltine. But, you know, I loved Ovaltine, and either it was Nestle Quick or Ovaltine, whatever we could get in the house as a kid. So to make that chocolate milk, I'd drink it and enjoy it. You know, I honestly don't know if I've ever had Ovaltine, per se. I don't remember Ovaltine in the house. I'd have to go to my older wiser brother jason did we have ovaltine in the house uh, you know i couldn't really remember i mean i think i've i think i've had it before but i don't think we kept it in the house regularly mm. delvin did you drink ovaltine growing up i don't remember drinking ovaltine at all and thus no. your dreams of becoming a fighter pilot are over <laughs> over done gotta drink that ovaltine gotta drink that ovaltine See, I should have seen that commercial. Is that a, is that a TLC? Song? <laughs> anyway, Delvin, I'm sorry. We're oh, Captain Midnight. <laughs> Damn it! We're gonna drink that Ovaltine. We're gonna drink that Ovaltine. We're gonna drink that Ovaltine. Ovaltine. Jared's looking at me. He's waiting for me to get it out of my system. I can tell. One more should do it. Captain Midnight. Going on, Delvin. Yes, sir. Did you Ovaltine as a kid? I did not. I remember it as an old person's drink. I don't know why, but that's what I thought of. I thought Ovaltine was an old person's drink. I, I don't know why. I remember like Nesquik and all that, the chocolatey drink with the rabbit on it, but I, I, I do not remember Ovaltine at all. Pat, Ovaltine. Yes. I'm drinking it. Yes. You've drinking it? I'm drinking it. I got in the, drank in on the streets. It. Yes. Are you drinking now? <laughs> I prefer neither to. I prefer not to answer that question at this moment. <laughs> All right, so Pat had the Ovaltine. Uh, last one, Tim. Ovaltine, drinker as a child, yes, no? I'm afraid not. We definitely had Nestle and Nesquik as our jam. We did both, the chocolate and the strawberry. Mm. Oh, that strawberry mm. was good. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, no, no, Ovaltine to me is the thing that the kid badmouths in A Christmas Story, and it's also in a Seinfeld bit from his TV show. Mm. It's mm-hmm. like, it doesn't come in an oval container. It comes in a round <laughs> container. They should call it <laughs> round, round team. team. <laughs> yeah, uh, Banya. That's a Banya joke, wasn't it? <laughs> That's right. It's gold, Jerry. Gold. It's gold. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that we're in our 1950s mindset, here's Delvin with your episode info. Episode 38 with just one left to go was titled The Case of the Diamond Tooth. The original air date was 19 September 1955. About a full month since the last episode. The director was Steve Previn. Writers were George and Gertrude Fass. Fass? 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 
Anyway, guest stars Archie Duncan as Lestrade and Charles Brody as Harry Hawkins. As a reminder, all 39 episodes are available on YouTube. We highly encourage you to watch this episode before proceeding with this podcast, because not only is it just more fun that way, but Jared is about to give a synopsis about this episode, and then we're going to discuss it. There are probably some spoilers heading your way, so if you haven't watched this episode, we recommend that you pause here. Go check it out on YouTube. Come back to join our discussion then. At only 26 minutes per episode, it's not a big time demand. For those of you who are watching along with us, we love to hear your thoughts. Don't forget to comment about the show on Twitter using the hashtag I'm following Holmes Jared. Hashtag I'm following Holmes. Pat. Hashtag I'm following Holmes. Jason. Hashtag I'm following Holmes. Tim Price. I'm sorry. What was that? Hashtag, hashtag I'm following hashtag. Holmes. I'm following or you Holmes. Can sing the Captain Midnight song one more time. You cannot sing the Captain Midnight song. All <laughs> With the that, team, the let's turn all it over team. to Jared. Hang on, hang on. We never got a clear hashtag. I'm following Holmes out of Tim. Too, too much bits and bits. I'm trying to do a show here, and all y'all guys are trying to do is bits. And bits. I love how that in and of itself is a bit. Anyway, Tim, please with your hashtag. Hashtag I'm following Holmes. And with that, let's turn it over to Jared for the episode summary. I tried to do a show, y'all just bits and bits. was out on a walk and he found a diamond tooth which some fraud calling himself harry hawkins tried to claim and then outright steal from the lads but to no avail inspector lestrade was out on a walk about and he found a dead body but he also found that the dead body was found in the area where watson found the tooth everybody got that okay wow. and wouldn't you know it thanks to some clever deduction from Holmes, the tooth is discovered to belong to the dead body that Lestrade found. And thanks to a Portuguese dentist, there's a lot of layers in this episode, folks. Thanks to a Portuguese dentist, that helps them to identify the dead man. But the mystery is still far from over because the dead man, although he was found in the river, he didn't drown. In fact, he was crushed to death, which is an amazing feat since the victim was a very large and strong man. Who killed the big man and why? And just what is Harry Hawkins's connection to the whole thing? Tune in and find out. Layers and levels, gentlemen, we are going to do our two rounds of highs, lows, or what those. We will start with Tim in your first round. Tim, do you have a high, a low, or a what the for this episode? Oh, let's see. I'll have to go with a high in that, you know, from beginning to end, I was just outright entertained. I hadn't really watched this. I, I'm sorry. I hadn't been following Holmes, but <gasps> watching this he episode, on the <laughs> I'm following Holmes now, Holmes now because like you said, the pause earlier. So I clicked pause. I went and watched the episode and came right back. Good work. So I was good to go, but oh, it's just the, the interplay between Holmes and Watson in their first scene together. 
and just you know th- them just working on the talking about the tooth and discussing things. It's like it was just fascinating. I was just fascinated watching the whole thing. It's like there's so much character in the actors and just in a simple scene they brought so much. So I just enjoyed just watching them work their craft in this episode. It was a lot of good stuff. Excellent, Tim. I'm glad that you picked up that vibe. I mean, they are on their 38th of 39 episodes, so they're really in their groove. And I'm glad you enjoyed it. As we've remarked on several times in the show, they just got, they do have great chemistry. They really do. They really do. Mm-hmm. Jason. Yeah. I'll just add on to the chemistry angle specifically with Archie Duncan again as Lestrade. I mean, just aces again in this episode, right out of the gate. I, admired how he portrays this character that is just one step behind Watson and Holmes the whole way to the point where he's chasing this man down the street. He doesn't even know why he's just like, what? Holmes like, go get him. And he's like, yes, sir. <laughs> he's out the door. He's just, he's tore up from the floor up this poor guy. But then, you know, uh, at the end, it gets a little bit of a come up. And is he's the only one that's not sick from from taking a impromptu swim in the Thames. So hats off to Archie Duncan again, once more as uh, Inspector Lestrade. I know, regrettably, we're coming to the end of these. Uh, I'm going to miss him very much. Well, Jason, I've got good news for you. Because <laughs> even though we are coming to the end of this, uh, we're going to be moving on to 1955's Adventures of Robin Hood. And guess who plays Little John? <laughs> Don't say it. Don't tease me like that. Don't tease me like that and take away my Archie Duncan because, you know. Uh, I do believe he plays Little John in that series. Guess we'll find out together. Oh, boy. I'm excited. <clears throat> All right. With that, we go to the go to the constable. What you got, Delvin? How did Sherlock Holmes escape from the boa constrictor? I, I, I don't get that. Can someone explain that to me? Okay. Best guess. Because I watched carefully. Okay. And first of all, I really love the camera tricks they did to say, hey, he's got a boa constrictor on him, but you're not going to show you no boa constrictor. Right. My best guess is the cold water of the Thames shocked the snake and he let him go. That's my best guess. Because I was on oh. that too. But it seemed like oh, they were desperate right. to get into the water. You're right. And I thought, well, that's got to be the reason to get in the water to get the snake. Maybe it was so cold. I could wait. Because you didn't no really see. Wait. So there's a boa constrictor wandering wait, around. Wait, wait a minute. London? Yep. Snake, snakes are reptiles. Pass it on. I just I was I was very, very confused by that. I you know, I watched it really closely too, and because I, I was like, because you know, I've seen I'm the only one here that's seen these before, and I didn't remember. I just I was just like, how do they pull off that whole snake bit? So I watched it closely. Because they, they don't show you him, you know, his head and all that. All they show you is Watson slump him over his shoulder and mm-hmm. kind of like it's supposed to be like wrapped that, around his chest, I think. And, yeah, and they they don't show that, and then they jumped him off. So I can believe what you're saying. That, the cold water was my only answer. I don't yeah. know. Okay. I got nothing. Makes all everything right. shrink. It does. I mean, we've all been in cold water, gentlemen. Yeah, shrinkage. Yeah, my boa turned into a garter snake real quick. <laughs> Delvin, you're on mute, and that's probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, with those shenanigans, Pat, it's to you, sir. I'm just going to say again, it's cool to see that Tim noticed the chemistry that's going on between all these actors in this. It's just, man, this was a a good showing of it again towards the end here of how well the three of them gelled together. And it was just beautiful to watch it. And that's what I thought about when I'd see them acting. 
I want to say this one was super crazy or super weird from what we, I mean, the last 37 we've seen, we've seen a lot happening. So I think they've taken the best of it all and put it into here and didn't overdo it and didn't underdo it with this. I agree with that, Pat. Take it back to the top. Second round. Tim, hi, low, what the? Well, I'll go for my what the, which is still that darn snake. It's like, I just, of all the things. No for, further questions. <laughs> you know, it was even not, not so much about how they got a Holmes away from the snake. It's just the fact that it was a snake at all. That was the you know device that killed the victim. And one of the clues for that was a broken lamp. Why is boa constrictor crushing lamps? Did a lamp kill its father? I don't know, but that doesn't make any sense to me. I just did not understand that at all. And I try not to try to predict myself where I think a story is going to go. Well, usually I'm wrong anyway, but I didn't want to have any expectations. But I'm seeing this. I'm going like, well, okay, so he's locking them in a room. It's a ship. Is there like a pressure thing happening where there's like, it, they're going to pump in air pressure and that's going to be, but it was nothing like that. It was like, yeah, he sneaks a snake into the room to happen just to kill the person. It's like, uh, it, 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 didn't work. it did not work. For, it did not work for me at all. I was just <laughs> scratching my head the whole time. But like that's, and the fact that it's a, a boa constrictor is not exactly something who's that jumps on you from surprise. <laughs> so it's like, how did Holmes get caught by it in the first place? We don't see it because it's off camera. Now that was good bit of directing to make sure that you don't, that you also get that little anticipation in the surprise. I just did not get why it's a snake. Mm. <laughs> That yeah. Just, yeah. I don't. I mean, I clearly they wanted to build a mystery about how could a large man be crushed to death, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest with you, Tim, right. I did try to do a bit of predictive the first time I watched it. And like you, I was wrong. Uh, I honestly thought I was like, are we going to get like a gorilla? Because I was mm -hmm. thinking about, you know, animal big enough to crush a guy that big, you know? But you're right, Tim. I mean, it's hard to train a snake to crush a man. I like to think he was in there training him on the lamp, like, get, get the lamp, snake, get the lamp, you know? And then, like, then he moved on to men. That was the process, of training. And, and, I, and he kept the and he kept the original lamp as like yeah. a trophy of see how good you are. You're a good. Snake. You crushed the snake, crushed the lamp. That's a good snake. So yeah, okay. So yeah, I think we all have the snake firmly in our what, what the categories in this <laughs> one. So it's back to you, Jay. Well, first off, maybe his anaconda didn't want none if Sherlock didn't have no buns. So you know, maybe he's too skinny for the anaconda. I don't know. Oh man. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, Watson's beard, man. I about <laughs> lost it when that beard dropped off into the, <laughs> the Timsons. Do, do you think that was actually planned or did it actually happen? <laughs> and they just ran with it. Well, it was funny the whole bit from setup to that final seed because he's all proud of himself. Like, it, you know, I knew where you're going with your sledgely bit at the beginning because he was in full sledgely mode again. He's like, oh, I, I don't usually go into this, but I, I think I do really well. And then when he goes into the bar and number one, the bartender lady recognizes <laughs> him from being in there before. And then the other sailors that take Holmes aside, like, I think this guy, he's not what he says he is. And then finally, he just the beard gives up the ghost and goes in the water. <laughs> it was just ah, oh, I man, I still have tears in my eyes thinking about it. That was brilliant, brilliant writing, brilliant performance. Loved I, it. I have a question. I tried watching that scene again closely. I really couldn't see the beard 
actually fall off. I saw the actors react to it, but I couldn't see them. It actually fall off. Did did I miss it? Because yeah, I don't, I, they just know, sold it anyway. That. They sold it beautifully anyway. If it, it wasn't really there all at all. I think they went to film that scene later. It didn't have the prop beard. So they were like, just make like it fell into the wall. That's what I think happened. Mm-hmm. That's my suspicion. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, but one thing they I want to make sure. Top, didn't they were get, top notch on selling it. That's for sure. One thing I, that, that I didn't want to get past you guys and all that that Jason just covered was hilarious. But what to me was really funny is when Holmes was asking him, well, do you know any pubs down there? He was like, I, yeah. I'm not sure, maybe. You know, the pubs everywhere. Yeah, right, we'll know. go to the nearest one, and the lady immediately recognized him. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my what the. Oh, I'm sorry, Pat. I I, I hate that. Come, on, that, but come it, on, it's Watson. I mean, uh, know what it is. Watson doesn't know where the nearest pub is. <laughs> he was like trying to play like he hadn't been there a dozen yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. Then the lady remembers him, and that's like, oh boy. Oh, that was that was great. That was just great. Uh, did, Del, I don't want to take anybody else's stuff, so let me go to Delvin. You're not taking away any of mine because I'm going to go back to the snake thing, but only to bring up a point that they brought at the beginning of the show. They tried to do that precursor thing, and they've done it before where Watson was mentioning about, you know, this was one of the most frightening and harrowing cases. And I remember they did that before. It's been a while. You know, the one where, like, the dude was murdering people and had them in a staircase? Mm -hmm. That was harrowing and, like, (laughs) at the end, I mean, that was was macabre. It was Mm -hmm. devastating. This was... Just a little bit weirdo and contrived. I'm like, okay, so the big reveal was that a boa constrictor was killing. Eh, there wouldn't have been any bruising or anything on the dude. He's just like his bones are crushed, but no sign. I don't know. It just it. I wanted more because when you start off with something like that, like I was expecting a banger, and I got like, okay. And I mean, so I mean, and in in the end, plus any leeway that I, you know, that Sherlock Holmes this series has earned is fine, but you know, they gave me that teaser at the start. And I was, I was like, Oh, oh should, I, should, should I make popcorn? I did not make popcorn. I'm just sitting here watching it. And then at the end it's like, Oh, nah, I didn't, I didn't. I remember the snake, no further questions thing. We talked about. <laughs> yes. <Jared. laughs> I actually had forgotten about the voiceover at the beginning. I get what you're saying. He pumped it up at the beginning. And uh, you're right, too. Now that I remember it, the first thing I thought of was the bodies in the stairs. Like, that was... Mm-hmm. Shout out to Michael Goff, who was the villain in that one, who went on to play Alfred in the Batman movie series. Uh, mm-hmm. He was great uh, in that episode. And I'm sure we're going to talk about standout episodes on the next episode when we bring it all home. But you're you're right, though. And they did, with the voiceover, pump it up at mm-hmm. the beginning. So I, get, I do get your point. Speaking of people whose points I get, that brings it to you, Pat. Yeah, we're one mind, think alike. Yes. I did have another standby what the? Thank goodness. Yes. So, and this what the is, striped shirts, is it just for sailors? They were very uniform. All sailors had the horizontal striped shirt. Maybe a little ascot-y kind of And I just found that, and like, everybody dresses that way if you're a sailor? I mean, that's what you got to wear, or you can't, you know... Where's some other pirate garb or, or I don't know. Well, I mean, well if you're right. in the Navy and you sail the seven seas, if you're in the Navy, mm-hmm. you can do what you please. 
I got, I got, I got one. I mean, so we're representing, we have Air Force here, former Air Force, and we have Army. There's no active, you know, or former Navy to represent then like, I, I guess we can just say, yes, I'm pretty sure that's what Navy wears. Just Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what they yeah, never saw a plaid Navy uniform. But but they're not, you know, but I'm not saying they're military, like Naval Force. I am. I am. I'm saying that even off duty, that's what Navy wears. Just if you're. The Working around the, the shipyards, yeah. Okay, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. So, wouldn't they have then like a? Would the snake have to have one then for stripes if he was on the boat? You didn't look boat? closely enough. The, the snake oh. did have stripes. Yeah, uh, clearly, uh, Pat. Stripe snake. <laughs> clearly, he <laughs> was, was first snake. First snake <laughs> of the vessel. First snake of the vessel. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's a good thing we are done with our highs and lows. That got ridiculous fast, much like the episode, but hey, it was fun, just like the episode, so that's good. That's good. And did anybody have any burning things they needed to get off their chest? Jason looks like you. I just looked up the striped shirts because it was said it made it easier to be spotted if they fell in the water. Oh, Makes sense. Okay. Safety first. Safety first. Good job. All right. Also, because it looks fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> That was not what you were. I'm looking for. Well, I got scared to lose it. Uh, I hate the show and I hate all of you. All right, guys, let's get into the fun facts with Jared. Fun fact numero uno. Once again, we have a case of the wrong credits on this episode. The credits at the tail end were for another episode altogether, which I think is odd since, as Delva mentioned in the setup, this episode came out four weeks, almost a full month after... The previous one, they usually were coming out every week. And now there's been a month long jump and spoiler alert. The last episode comes out a month from this one, almost like maybe they found two more they had in the can. I don't know. I, mm. I can't explain it. I wish I knew the backstory. I try to do the research. It's, there's just a lot of this show is lost to history. I'll say that right now. But uh, yeah, uh, wrong credits on the episode again. So just a weird little whoopsie. And since we're closing in the end, I, I wanted to search around some of the production crew that maybe we haven't spoken about on the show. And today we're going to talk about Michael Waite. As we've already mentioned a few times on the show, several of the sets for the show were built in Paris, because as we've said several times, it's filmed in France, and they occasionally go to do pickup shots in England, mostly filmed in France. So this Michael Waite cat pretty much designed and oversaw the building of the 221 B Baker Street flat that they use. And a lot of the other, we've seen them before. Sometimes it's a castle. Sometimes it's a hall. You know, we've talked about how it's been the same set dressed up. That's all Michael Waite. Now, where this is cool, I mean, it's already cool that Michael Waite built some pretty cool sets, but they have a thing called the Festival of Britain, which is very similar to the World's Fair. Like, it's a big deal back in the day in England, and they actually selected Michael Waite to build the 221B uh, replica at their World's Fair or Festival of Britain. So he was, like, so good, and I think we can attest to that. I think if we think back to the set of 221B, it's it's a pretty good one. Um, mm-hmm. So I like uh, it. Yeah, I, I, I just thought it was worth mentioning Michael Waite and his set design and, and it being so good it was selected for World's Fair to sort of represent the culture of, of Britain. I think that's really neat. And I think we all agree, like I said, it's a, it's a good-looking set. It, it definitely fits in with canon to me. All right, with that, let's get to our pipe ratings on this episode. As a reminder, we do one through five. Five means you loved it. Four means it was very good. Three, it was good. Two, it was just okay. And one, I did not like it. Pat, I'm going to let you go first. Boy, you know, I'm a, I'm a toss-up right now. 
Um, you know what? Yeah, I'm a three four. I'm a three four three four. I know it's hard to say, but you know what? I'm going to give it a four because I'm bumping it up to a four because it just was fun and I enjoyed it. It carried me through. I got to go with a four because I really had some smiles about this one. Cool, Delvin. What's your score? <laughs> I'm at a three. I, I, I'm not. I, I want it more. I, I'm like that tonic song from back in the day. I want it more. Because you give me that setup, got me all excited, and it was a good mystery and, and not a bad ending either. And clearly put Holmes and Watson through the paces. I, I just wanted a little bit more, but it was a Holmes episode. Not bad. Good use of 25, 26 minutes. Fair enough, Jason. I'm at a four. I'm with Delvin. I thought the payoff wasn't um, quite there, but I I can't give it a three as much as I laughed with that beard scene. I laughed with the, like we talked about with Lestrade, um, just like not even knowing what's going on and out running Jason Fools down, <laughs> trying to understand what's happening. There was just a lot to really like. And if it would have had a good payoff at the end, I would have given it a five, but I'll settle for a four. Timmy, Gerard. Yes, I'm right in the same line too. I'm I'm at a four. I'm enjoyed the whole episode a lot there was a lot of good things i guess maybe i didn't get my expectations too up from the opening statement the intro didn't really throw me because i don't really have expectations about what that really would mean you know uh yeah watson does tend to exaggerate shall we say so that didn't really affect me too much and but you know i liked all the scenes and then there was you know the humor in the bar the tension when they first after the beer drop there was like a lot of tension that those scenes too i really was just into it it was so great um to feel that so but i did feel like that the reveal at the end dropped the ball was not on board with first snake so that's the only reason i, I knocked off of, of a five is that just that one thing is like if they had done a better ending on it all the way for a four, uh, five but instead i'm gonna go for a four all right that's fair and i'm gonna be mr sunshine here at the end i'm giving this one five pipes and yes i think the snake was silly but I was engaged through like the whole episode. As I mentioned in the, my summary, it was really layered. And it was like, okay, we went from place to place and learned things. And I, it just was really gripping to me. And it was really funny at the same time. So I was thoroughly entertained. And it might just be a product of, I've seen it twice. So maybe the first time I thought the snake thing would hit me harder. But now, like, I guess since I kind of knew what was coming, it didn't hit me as hard. But I was utterly charmed by the episode. So I'm at the full five. Now, before we get into the 221B mailbag, I do want to remind everybody that this is the 38th of the 39 Sherlock Holmes episodes, which means our next episode, which we're recording in June, will be our last for the Sherlock Holmes. And as we talked about, there, there's going to be a replacement show coming up. We're going to be talking a little Robin Hood. We'll do that with great fanfare, I'm quite certain. But yeah, we're going to have a farewell episode in June. So I have reached out to... I think everyone who's been a guest on this show before to send in an audio file, sort of their thoughts, overall thoughts on, you know, the show, be it SMT or Holmes or just kind of their overall thoughts on it. Tim, you're now on that list. So if you want to do a uh, a little audio send in about your time with the show and, and, and any thoughts you had, you're more than welcome. To. But I also want to open that up to our listeners. Use our 707-532-5269 voicemail. If you want to just put your two cents in on how you felt about this ride of Sherlock Holmes. And we're going to play all those on our farewell episode, which we'll be recording this summer. Oh, I just want to put that plug in 707-532-5269. Give us a voicemail. If you want to be part of our farewell show, 
on Sherlock Holmes. Just give us your thought of 54, 55 homes and our coverage therein if, you, uh, if you're feeling it. All right, with all that out of the way, let's get to the 221B mailbag. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the folks who have joined our crusade. They get early access to special long box episodes, voting on show content. They get raffle prizes. They get to be in an exclusive club with Tim Price and so much more. So these are the folks who are reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Auburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Blasted or Stash. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. You know him as Battleway. Gary V. Gerald Green. Jason Keen. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman. I hope you like Jim Jarman too. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Josh Strickland. Candice Ward. Kathy Bright. Mark Ross. Monstrous Mark Hatherley. Penciler on the upcoming Shipwrecker. Max Traver. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick of Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey67. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Tony Pennington. And the Toronto Cop. We miss anyone on our list. Of course, we apologize. Remember, we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we'll add you soon. But if there's a problem, just email contact at longboxcrusade.com. We will get it straightened out. And if you're wondering how you can become a Crusaders Club member, well, it's very easy. Go to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. I think Is it limited access, Pat? No, Jared, it's not. It's all the access. I'm <laughs> okay. talking all the access. You'll talking big want. bits, little bits, <laughs> all the bits. It's straight bits, crooked bits. We got bits and bits and bits everywhere, up, down, left and right, all big around. Bits, little bits. <laughs> all the bits. I'm talking, Jared, all the bits. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, if you don't have any extra scratch laying around, but you want to help us out here at Long Box Crusade Headquarters, how about you give us a little review on whatever platform you're listening to this on? We'd really appreciate it if you would do that. Uh, pump up the uh, Long Box Crusade in general. And of course, Saturday Matinee Theater. If you like us covering these old forgotten gems, give us a little love out there. I mean, we're not going to stop either way, but you know, it'd be nice <laughs> if we had some love out there. All right, with that, let's get into our shares, likes, and retweets from episode 62, where we covered the case of the unlucky gambler, Ken Solo. Since we're in kind of a hurry, unpacking the power of the power pack, assume the beat for yourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Trekker talk. Captivating Kathy Bright, our MVP. Chris at BTO and Pat Books. Let it roll. Max, the Wonder Dog. Days of High Adventure Podcast. Coffee and Comics. Fan Film Fridays. Auburn Elvis. The Dame, Deborah Smith. Gene Hendricks. Clinton Robinson. Ruth Sutherland. Rick Heineken. And Professor Frenzy. It's a show. All right. We've got a couple of comments. Uh, Pat, let's just keep it going. Go ahead and snag a comment. All right. Well, I'll take one from the MVP, Kathy Bright. And she says, oh, I know, Herbert. I just hung out with 
Fenric, I mean Fenwick, last week. Jason adding on to his podcast handle, I see. Hashtag Jason Hot Lips Weasel Skull Albrick. Hmm. I don't even know how those hashtags work, and I didn't do that. So. <laughs> you, you referred to yourself as, I think, Hot Lips at some point in the last episode. <laughs> did I? Or you used the phrase, I can't remember back that far, but I, I remember you saying something about Hot Lips. <laughs> okay. Go ahead and grab the other comment, Delvin, if you would. Absolutely. We got one from Professor Allen, who says, Mrs. Quarterbin and I watched the episode and enjoyed it bunches. Hashtag, I'm following home. I like that. People watching along with us is always, always a pleasure. And guys, I got a voicemail here, too, that uh, this popped in that I see. Uh, let me play it. Oh, it's from uh, Captain Midnight. He says, it's Captain Midnight. We're going to drink that over team. Drink that over team. Had to get it in one more time. <laughs> All right. If you guys want to be part of the show, well, you know, of course you can send your comments to at Longbox Crusade in lots of different places, and we'll get to that momentarily. But most of all, if you want to put a voicemail on the show, leave a comment in your own voice, 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. Pick it up. Hello, this is Sports Illustrated's Oliver Nelvis. Um, I'm coming back home on a really long road trip, and I've just been listening to the channel on Spotify. So it's just been going through all the episodes, and so this could be used for any episode. Um, although the nostalgia, or no, the, uh, the, the old Batman the serials, I had never heard those, the, the matinee TV episodes y'all do before. That was pretty good. I did not realize 1940 Batman was such a pushover. Uh, his arch villain was basically gravity back then. But anyway, uh, keep up the good work. Uh, and uh, yeah, thank you very much. Well, that's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, check out the Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers or at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jason. And if you're a fan of Agent 007 and you want to hear us on our track through James Bond films, music, books, comic books, etc., check out On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jared, where can they find that? You can find that on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, most podcatchers. You can go to www.secretpodcast.podbean.com or talk with us directly at OHMSPod on the Twitter. Thank you. And if you just want to chew the fat with us uh, individually, uh, we can be found at Delvin. Go ahead and kick us off. D-E-E underscore R-A-Y 1977 on Twitter. Pat. Delvin, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Jared, where might you be found? You can find me on those social medias at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my wares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. And I do have several Sherlock Holmes book page sketches to choose from. This whole thing has been an ad for my website and, of course, Ovaltine. Very good. And you to midnight. We're gonna have some over team. Have some over team. Have some over team. 
Oh, <laughs> midnight. I'm gonna lick that spoon clean. I'm lick that spoon clean. <laughs> I, I, I immediately regret doing that. Yeah, you can find me on the Twitters at TimPrice17. You also can find my show, Outcasters, a Batman the Outsiders podcast at Bat Outcasters, and you can find us on the Right On Network. Well, thank you, Tim, and thanks for being a guest with us this evening. It's been a true pleasure. Uh, for those of you who want to get a hold of me, you can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Well, thank you all for joining us for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. But now it's time to get your utility belt stocked up and find the boy wonder because our next episode, we are going to continue our journey through the 1943 Batman serial. So we'll see you all next episode for Chapter 8, Lured by Radium. The meetup location, Gotham City. It's a city of justice. City, it's a city of love. City, city of peace. Every one of us. We all need it. it. Can't for live without it. It's Gotham City. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's what drinking your Ovaltine does. Remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. Outtakes. Hello, Pip Pip and all that, and welcome back to episode 64. I don't know. It was like Australian, half British. I really tried it. I tried. Yeah. I didn't know where you're going with it, but uh, yeah. Hello. Hello. There we go. I got it. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Affleck. On with the show. <laughs> on with the show. Anyways, welcome to episode. Let's just start it off from the beginning. Here we go. Three and two. Delvin, I believe you edit these. Cut every bit of that out after we <laughs> finished our initial Ovaltine discussion. Don't cut out the Captain Ovaltine song, though. Maybe the second or third iteration of the Captain Ovaltine song. All right. Let me get it back on the rails. I should have used my sailor voice. Hey, cranky, eh? I'm a sailor. Hey, guys, that's not laughing. Oh, it's, my, it's, my eh? it's, it's my favorite long box moment when Pat snapped. It's like, I'm trying to do a show here. Because <laughs> he was right. He was right. Yeah, exactly. And, and I was serious. And you guys t- took I know. it as a joke. <laughs> I know. All right. I got to get it together. All right. Here we go. Oh. I'm looking for some fatty semen. <laughs> no, Pat. No. No. No, you, Pat just went full Jason. <laughs> All right, I, again, let me get this back on the rails. All right. What, that, what did that guy in full hole say? Cut, Cut that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, speaking of voice, well, I don't know if I want to say that because then we have to leave it in. <laughs> I'm like, when did I'm Jason get access? I was like, when did Jason get access to the voicemail? Oh man, I knew it was a setup as soon as he started. I just wait to see where we're going. Like, I know how to get into that voicemail. Yeah, I got duped again. 